Pure Wow presents Stream On, your weekly download of TV and streaming news and reviews. And now, your hosts, Phil Mutz, Pure Wow's VP of News and Entertainment, and Rachel Golmi, Pure Wow's Managing Editor of Branded Content. Well, hey there, Rachel. Hi, Phil. What's up? What's going on? You had a busy weekend. I did. Do you want to share your news? <laughs> busy weekend. <laughs> I, I did. I, I, I got engaged this past Woo-hoo! weekend. It's very exciting. I, even though I don't sound excited, I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> the smiles across the I, face. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm um, very happy about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was I'm a so happy for you. surprise engagement. Uh, my fiance Stephen and I uh, are are going to get married, which is very exciting. Oh, so happy! Congratulations! Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you to everyone who I'm sure is also sending their virtual congratulations. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. So we've got so much to get to today. Uh, so we have a bunkers Netflix show that's back for season two. The animated workplace comedy you need to watch ASAP. Sean Penn in an absolutely unrecognizable role. And the racing docuseries that'll suck you in. Cool. Well, let's just dive right into the headlines, shall we? (laughs) We shall. (laughs) (laughs) We shall. (laughs) This just in. This week's streaming news. Holy red carpet, it's Met Gala time. This year's In America, an anthology of fashion theme celebrates an exploration of American cinema and the dress code of, quote, gilded glamour white tie will certainly not disappoint. The star-studded event is hosted by Regina King, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and will be live-streamed this Monday exclusively by Vogue at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. So if anyone needs me, I'll be judging haute couture while on the couch in sweatpants. I love that. Double the Ariana, double the Cynthia. Fans of the Broadway musical Wicked will be thrilled to hear that the Wicked movie adaptation is actually going to be two movies. Director John M. Chu made the announcement on Twitter this week saying, quote, It would be impossible to wrestle the story of Wicked into a single film without doing some real damage to it. So that's all great and good, but can we please just get pics of Ariana Grande as Glinda and Cynthia Erivo as Elphaba already, please? Thanks. The most talked about film coming out of this year's CinemaCon, Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry Darling. The project has been very hush-hush, but a brand new trailer and still that was showed at CinemaCon has piqued even more interest. We do know it's a psychological thriller set in the 1950s that stars Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, along with Chris Pine and Gemma Chan. Mark your calendars for its September 23rd premiere only in theaters. Anatomy of a Scandal finally takes down Bridgerton. Bridgerton season two has been clinging to the number one most popular show of the week spot on Netflix for quite a while now. But this past week, Anatomy of a Scandal overtook the Shonda show by clocking in 75 million hours watched as compared to Bridgerton's 46 million for the week. Fear not, dear readers, Bridgerton season two is still Netflix's number one English language show ever overall, though, with 656 million hours viewed. I guess the people really love their rear male nudity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so many hours viewed. 656 I, I can't, million. I can't wrap my head around I know. That. I mean, I guess that's a lot. I mean, that obviously must be a lot. That is a I lot. I mean, it's interesting that the number one English uh, language show ever is Bridgerton season two. And the number two show is Bridgerton season one. So it does say a lot about that I show. I love that. Clearly, people love 
the male butt. Um, I, I mean, that was my takeaway from the season. Was it not yours? I don't. Yeah, no. It. Yeah, no. It was. I mean, the first season was a whole different world, but absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. just give it hands hands up to Bridgerton. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, I didn't love it, but that was a different podcast episode. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. We can't. But we the agree people love it, Phil. And the that's people what's do love important. it, <laughs> even if they don't love it. The people are watching it. Yes. And what else are we watching that we liked this week? The hits of the week. Okay, before I get into my hits, I wanted to talk about the After Party season finale. Please. And I know you watched it. We don't have to give away what happened, but I was kind of iffy on the season as a whole. And then I feel like the whole thing was made up in the season finale. And I was really, I was actually really surprised at who it was. And I did not see that person coming. Um, for anyone who hasn't watched it, it's kind of like a whodunit mystery and who killed uh, somebody at a high school reunion. And I was just really pleased with it. So hats off also to the after party. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I mean, I know I talked about it, about this in a previous episode, but I binged all eight episodes in a row, like in a 24-hour period. So not in a row. I guess I slept in the middle. But it was within a 24-hour period. And it just, it's so good. And I think it's such a fun show. I'm glad you liked it. And I'm very excited for season two, where Tiffany Haddish Same. is back as Detective Danner. It's on Apple TV+, Plus. if anyone wants to watch. I'm glad you watched it. All right. So what else did you like this week? Well, our homework was to watch Russian Doll. And mm. I watched the first three episodes. And I'm putting it as my hit. So I loved it. I feel like season one, it, they're two completely different things, I think. But so anyone who hasn't watched Russian Doll, the first season, it's this woman, Natasha Leone plays her. She's from Orange is the New Black, big red hair. She is a 36-year-old woman who's celebrating her birthday and at her birthday she dies and she is going through a time loop. So that's all the first season. So now she has to try to figure out like what is happening in the time loop and that's where we are in the second season. They're just very different, I guess, the vibe, but I personally love it. But I just I just think it Russian Doll brings like another element of like time loops to it's just different from how they're normally done personally, I think. Um, and I just love the overall vibe, like the coloring and I, like how she does go back in the 80s. Like it's so dingy. And I'm like, dang, was it really like that? Yeah, I think <laughs> but, it was. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, it's so good. I like it. What did you think of it? Okay, so I we can talk about this now, but it was in a different section for me. This was my miss of the week. Oh, no. <laughs> Just to like clarify, like season one to me felt very clear what is going on. Nadi is in a time loop. She keeps dying. Her day keeps resetting. What a cool, interesting, fun concept. I clearly see why this character wants to get out of this time loop. Season two, she's not in that same time loop anymore. She's not repeating her death over and over, but she gets on this subway train that transports her back to the 80s, and she finds herself as her mother, like inside her mother's body. Except the difference is, instead of being stuck in the 80s, she can get back on the train and leave. So I guess what didn't work for me for this show for season two is I just didn't understand why there is a problem. In season one, she's stuck. Mm. Like, there's the problem. She she just keeps dying over and over again. It's a very clear problem to me. But season two, she can get back on the subway train and leave this the 1980s New York City and doesn't have to do anything. And I understand there's there are some plot points that they try to bring in that, like, make her draw her back over and over again to her mother's body in the 1980s, getting back on the subway train over and over again to try and solve her own family mystery. But it didn't feel like the same stakes 
Like I just it didn't it didn't feel as important to me that she solve whatever this thing is. I was like, yeah, if you if this is really so crazy, stop getting on the train. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally get that. And I as I was watching it, I was kind of thinking to myself, yeah, why is she able to get out of go back on the train? Because, yeah, again, like you said, why would you go back to the 80s then? I personally love Natasha Leone. I love her so much. She's everything, great. Ab- everything about her, her voice, her whole so vibe. There's era, no one you know, like, like her. No one like her. It's just so. Oh, I saw her in the city one time walking, and I was just like, oh my god! Like I, she, she, I just love her. Are so you one much. of those people that you you act cool or you fangirl? What do you do when you see somebody? So I was I was sitting. I don't even remember. I I was in a restaurant, I think, and I was I did like a double take because I mean, you like I said, you cannot miss her hair. It's yeah. like it's so. It's I mean, iconic. That's how, like it was. It's big and curly yeah. and it's long and. I was like, oh my God, that's Natasha Leone. And I think my husband was like, who? And I was like, the girl from American Pie. <laughs> and like Orange is the New Black and all of those. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I loved it. I do. I totally see your point. So yeah. I can understand why people wouldn't like it, but I, I'm, I'm having it. That's my hit. Well, I do think there are a couple things that I did like about it. Like I, I to your point, Natasha Leone is great. Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek is in this season. And I love seeing them act together. And Annie Murphy is charming as always. And I love that she's back in the 1980s New York, which I also loved. I loved seeing New York in the 80s. I thought that was very cool. Um, and I also liked, do you, so the friend, Greta Lee, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, she yep. she plays Natasha Leone's friend. And she was also in season two of The Morning Show playing like a mm-hmm. new executive. I think she is so great and so funny. And you have to wait until episode four to kind of get a lot of her. And personally, I don't know if it's worth sticking it out to episode four, but you liked it. So assuming you stick it out, I do think you finally get an episode where you get a lot of Greta Lee. And I think she's great, great, great. She's so good. I know. And I love her. The sweet birthday baby, which is from season one. That just always reminds me of her. I mean, that line is the iconic line of season one. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I gave it four episodes, so it's not like Netflix didn't get my viewing hours. I watched four that's of the a lot. episodes. It is a lot. I think that's when I kind of called it. I, I called it quits. I was like, I, I have other content I need to watch, but <laughs> I gave it the old college try. And certainly, to your point, there are a lot of things that are great about it, particularly the performances. And I think uh, if you give it a shot, I think you'll really enjoy Natasha Leone. So I actually don't have an, a miss this week. Cool. Again. Wow. Again. So I know, which I didn't last week. So I'm like, I'm I'm really doing well with my picks. But so I wanted to give another hit. Please. Since I don't give have a all miss. the hits. And people want recommendations. Let's let's hear it. So mine is Human Resources on Netflix. It is the Big Mouth spinoff. Big Mouth is from Nick Kroll. And it's just uh, about all these middle schoolers who are essentially going through life and puberty and all of that. And they have these hormone monsters. And it's an animated series. It's an animated series. Yes, yes. An animated series. It's it's raunchy, I guess. If you're not into that kind of thing, you're not going to like it. But so this is a spinoff of Big Mouth and it takes the hormone monsters and the depression kitties and like the little love bugs. So essentially the behind the scenes of what makes people tick, I guess you want to say. And it's just all about that. And I just love it so much. It is so, I think it's so funny and I think it's so smart. It's, they hit these things on the head and just like in the first episode, I think she, uh, one of the person was having a baby and it's just all about like her, like screaming at her husband while she's in labor and all this stuff. And me just having a baby six months ago, I was like, this is amazing. It's so good and true to life. You know, it's just it's just funny. And the cast is so, so good. It's Nick Kroll. Uh, Maya Rudolph is one of the hormone monsters. A.D. Bryan from SNL. Ali Wong, comedian. Randall Park. The list goes on. It's so good. And the episodes are only 30 minutes, so you can kind of fly through it. It is a but. really funny concept, this idea that these monsters are secretly the ones making us be 
crazy people, essentially. Yeah. Like the, they're kind of like the our, our conscience, like on our shoulder. But I like yeah. the idea that there's different monsters representing different things. Like I, I really there's a, the logic rock character. <laughs> yeah. He's the one who was like, okay, so uh, I know the plane just landed, but you don't have to stand up yet. We're all going to get off the plane together. Uh, you don't have to rush. <laughs> you, you don't have to clap. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, there's. I love that. It, it reminds me, you know those progressive commercials about yes. becoming your parents where, where, you know, like somebody's shopping in like the uh, the hardware store or the grocery store and the progressive guy is like, no, you actually don't have to talk to them. No, nope, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to say that at all. Like, please don't do that. You know, and I, I, it, I really liked that. I think it's a really fun concept. And the shame wizard, he's always like, it's so good it really is it's honestly so smart and it's just a fun way to like kind of show these random things that whether it's the middle schoolers in big mouth or you know this woman having a baby it's just it's it's fun it's it's a cute little show i, like I don't that. know if cute's the right word but well yeah and cute for adults not cute for kids <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah so i had a couple hits as well I, and i think the main one i want to talk about is the buzziest one perhaps and it's gaslit which is on stars slash prime video and it stars Sean Penn as John Mitchell, the, a real-life figure, the right-hand man to President Nixon, Julia Roberts as real-life figure Martha Mitchell, uh, his wife, Betty Gilpin, who I talked about last week, in, who is from Roar, which I raved about, and she's also from Glow, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey. So it's quite a good cast, and it follows the story of how Watergate, the scandal, came to be. But it really focuses on John and Martha Mitchell. Um, so which it really gives Sean Penn and Julia Roberts a lot of room to shine. There's only one episode out. They drop weekly on uh, on Sundays. But what I love about it is it's a historical drama. And I love one of those, like, a look inside the presidency. I loved Scandal. I really liked First Lady so far. I loved House of Cards. So I really love that inside the president presidency, like seeing what's going on behind the scenes of the White House. And this is yeah. a really gripping and fascinating story. And it's real, obviously, obviously a dramatized version of it. But, you know, the Watergate scandal is huge. And I don't actually know all that much about the people behind it. And you get to see all the players and all the characters. It's really fascinating and and not dull or dry at all. Mm, that's good. I had no, you definitely have a genre. You always do the yeah. You do these picks. I love them though. I have to watch. Oh, yeah, this I did one. pick First Lady. Well, I mean, you yeah. Know, like, what is like a political <laughs> thriller drama? I don't know. And no, this is a good cast. I mean, like I always say, it, but a good cast gets me. And I, Sean Penn is. I didn't even recognize him <laughs> with all of that makeup and hair, everything. True story. So I'm watching the show and the, it's the first episode. So I'm watching quite a while and I went, where the hell is Sean Penn? So I Googled it and I was like, oh, he's the person I've been watching for the last 30 minutes. I didn't know I'd been watching Sean Penn. Oh my gosh. Because you know how in the thing about Pam, Renee Zellweger has, you know, she has facial prosthetics, but- But it's you, her you, face. But you can see Renee Zellweger through it. Yeah. You cannot tell this is Sean Penn. I still look and I go, I just don't see him in any way. I mean, it, yeah. his voice is transformed. I don't really, nothing about it gives me Sean Penn, which is very impressive. But obviously, kudos to the makeup department because that is a fabulous job. But I do I do yeah. want to call out, I think the women particularly are phenomenal in the show. Julia Roberts is really great. And it feels like a fun and different role for her. She's like stirring up trouble for President Nixon and the First Lady. It's a really, it's a fun, fun role. And then Betty Gilpin, who I just love. She's so charming and likable. And she plays like a Washington outsider. I really think those performances are are kind of what make it and make it so, so gripping. I really, I th I'm very excited to see episode two when it comes out on Sunday. Mm. 
That's a good one. And fun okay. fact, they, you know, stars, I don't know who has stars. I didn't have stars, but they do have a seven day free trial. <laughs> so you can like, you can see the first episode. You can watch it for, you know, do this free trial, see if it's worth getting stars. I know. I was like, actually, I don't think I have stars either. Yeah, I mean, but... start, I'm, I'm trying to name other shows on stars and it's difficult. Another show that I really loved that is, so the number one show on Netflix right now is Selling Sunset, season five. Oh. And I have never seen Selling Sunset, but because it's the number one show, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. Ever? Like you never I, watched it ever? Oh, no, I had never watched. So oh I just dove right, into, I, I dove right into season five. And oh, oh, what? Wait, you didn't start at the beginning? No, and I don't think oh, I needed geez. to. Just, I mean, I can go back. No, but, Phil, you need to. Oh you have to gosh. go back. <laughs> so obviously, if you don't know, it's a bunch of very attractive people selling high-end real estate, but in a drama-filled reality show. And I don't think that I had to actually see it before. I I feel like I, it took two seconds to figure out who's who and who hates who. And I think I got it. But I really like it. It's a lot oh of drama. God, it's so good. And I think in addition to regular reality show drama that this delivers, it also, you get to look at really amazing real estate. Oh, yes. these homes are just so beautiful. And it's kind of forced into the episode where they're like, dropped in with another character in a really gorgeous home where they are, oh, and let me give you the tour <laughs> now. And I don't care. I love everything about watch, looking at this real estate. It is gorgeous, gorgeous Los Angeles real estate. Yeah. Just beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Some of the, I know, like, they got a cool, like, $300,000 commission on I it, know. like, casual. Oh, <laughs> but my it's, gosh. you have to go back and watch them. It is so, I watched it from the beginning, like, when it came out. I think I watched the first season probably in a day, like, in one sitting. I, like, probably didn't even get up. It is just so good. And I, yeah. I mean, obviously, their glam and mm -hmm. outfits are insane. They're just so over the time. I'm like, I, every single time I watch it, uh, first of all, I'm like, one, how do you watch, like, walk on those heels? Two, I, how do you wear that to work? Like, I, I'm like a jeans and t-shirt kind of gal. Like, I just, but yeah. I Googled it. And Christine, the blonde, the long blonde hair, she reportedly, like, spends $1,000 per day on her glam. Wow. Just she does. She said she does her makeup, but I guess she gets her hair done. That's a lot of money <laughs> to spend on your hair. But wow, it, yeah, it's nuts. Like they go all out on their. But I guess if your commission, if your commission is like three hundred thousand dollars for one property, I guess you can yeah, do that. I guess aren't there better things to spend your money on? I think it's just part of the show like um you know like the the brokerage having yeah. you know, these beautiful fashionable women but i five seasons in cannot tell brett and jason oppenheim apart yeah, these the identical two, twins the two males who, like yes. leads the ones running this this real estate firm yeah yeah i can't tell them apart and that's that to me every every scene they're in together i'm like who is who i don't know well i did like jumping right in because it seems like there's new drama this season which obviously there ever always is yeah, on a new re on a reality drama. show but the that the jason the head of the firm is now dating one of the employees Chriselle, who yes. the one who used to be married to justin hartley who plays kevin on this is us which is about to have its series finale I, and I love that there's going to be this whole drama. I only watched the first episode so far, but I'm in. So I'm going I'm to watch it. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, it's clear that there's going to be all this drama with the other employees not loving that their coworker is dating the boss, you know, yeah. getting preferential it's, treatment, it's all so this kind funny. of fun. I really like it. It's all a, right. It's you have fun to go back. Go escape. back and watch it from the beginning, though. It's just Okay. Good. <laughs> Let me finish season five and then maybe I'll go back. Fine. There's fine, too much fine. to watch. I can't watch, go back to four seasons of this thing. Maybe oh, I will. No, it's good. It's worth it. Two more quick wrecks. We got Made for Love season two just dropped on HBO Max. The first episode is released. It's a dystopian dark comedy featuring Kristen Milioti, Billy Magnuson, and Ray Romano. Uh, so the season just premiered. 
So that gives you a whole bunch of time to catch up on season one. It is so good. It's funny. It's quirky. It's all about a fake Google kind of company where they mm. take things way too far. And I just watched <laughs> the first episode that dropped and it is season two is off to a great start. So if you haven't watched, go watch season one. And then my second, well, fourth rec is Heartstopper on Netflix. So everybody is talking about this show and it's about a young gay boy who has a crush and a schoolmate. And it's a really sweet story of like friendship and romance. And there's so much buzz about it. So I definitely recommend checking it out. And Olivia Coleman, who I'm obsessed with and will watch her do anything, is in it in a Same. very small part as one of the kids' mothers. And the show is just so sweet and endearing. But also, and it's nice to watch one of these up, and it feels uplifting. You know what I mean? It does. It yeah. feels like, oh, we're going somewhere positive. In a kind of a, in a yeah. Love, Simon kind of way. That same feel where you, you go, oh, I think there's going to be happiness at the end of this journey. Uh, and I'm halfway through. I watched half the season last night. And it's really great. Hard step on Netflix. I've heard nothing but good things about it. And as 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which 100%. I think is, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. I mean, it's gotten nothing but positive reviews about it. And it does. It looks so cute. So I know we skipped misses of the week last week, but my miss of the week was Russian Doll, and you mm. didn't have one. So I womp guess womp. <laughs> for the second week in a row, in a great way, we're just going to yeah. skip right over misses of the week. Sorry, fun sound effect. <laughs> but we do have our, our, seg our segment of the week, which is this week, Documentary Spotlight. Documentary Spotlight. Uh. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. As if all documentaries have to be dramatic. I know. I like that, though. Great sound effect. <laughs> so what documentary are you watching and that you're recommending? I'm going to have you go first on this one because I think we're going to line up and then I'm going to have another option. Okay. So we can oh, chat you, about that you one think first. you know what I'm going to say? Prob I think probably so. because it's been in the top 10. It's been the top 10 on Netflix for since it dropped. So it's called White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. And it's a documentary about Abercrombie and Fitch. It explores the creation of the brand, how it exploded, and then eventually uh, its downfall. And, you know, kind of as it became clear, which we all knew all along, that it was an exclusionary racist company that pretty much created a generation of people with body dysmorphia. Prior to watching this documentary, I don't know if I even thought that Abercrombie and Fitch had any kind of real effect on the world other than stupid clothes that had a moose on it. And you watch <laughs> this and you go, oh no, this shaped the way a generation thought about fashion and looks and body and yeah. race and size and what it means to be a cool kid and Everything. so many things. I thought this was yeah. a really, what I really loved about it. So the documentary starts off with, it kind of feels like we're going on a nostalgic trip down memory lane. So we're back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, we, you know, you see the store at the mall and you see like the models, the shirtless models that are on, you know, the, the shopping bags and, you know, LFO song. I like girls who wear Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, and it, it just it feels like a really great time. And then you go, oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. this was a terrible, terrible company. And there's a big shift in tone in the documentary. And then all of a sudden we realize this nostalgia is total bullshit. And they it's clear and we go into great detail on how it was such an awful company and had a major negative impact on fashion and youth in particular. Yeah, I it's funny because when I like you were saying, it's it, like, yeah, like this brand stood for all these things. And I remember like being in the mall. It was very popular when I was um, in, you know, middle school and high school. And 
it was like everyone wanted to wear it. I personally never jumped on the wagon, I guess. I don't know. I I have I'm not like that body type. I have hips, you know, like I'm shorter, I'm not like tall and slender, and I just don't like the way those clothes fit. So I personally never got into it, but I yeah, it's just nuts watching it back because then when you do see it, like as an adult like these half-naked men on shopping bags when like a middle schooler is going in there to shop. It's just so wrong. And I never realized it. And, and uh, looking you, you back do on think it, oof. that like, okay, so fine. Like, okay, so that's a model. Isn't everything a model, like yeah, a fashion model? I sure. Guess. But it's those practice, the business practices and that they would only hire quote unquote, beautiful people to be working yeah. in these stores and quote unquote, beautiful meant white, which is, I mean, like, there's the plan words with the title white hot, you know, like the company was white hot, but also it was a white company. Everybody was white. And that was this idea that they were putting out into the world that white equals beautiful, that this kind of hair equals beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like you can't have like, you know, their manual said you can't work here if you have dreadlocks, like very specific things that called out what was cool and what was beautiful and what was hot. And it's all very racist and exclusionary in a massive way. And they were being exclusionary on purpose because they thought, you know, and rightfully so they made a rightfully so they made tons of money, but they were yeah. being exclusionary so that you'd want to get in. And I thought watching the documentary was interesting because I thought they really did some for being evil, evil people. They did some fascinating marketing. Like I never even thought about when you were in the mall that the shutters, there were shutters on the window. Yes. Which what a fascinating yes. thing. I'd never so that you couldn't see in. So you had yeah. to go in the store. You wanted to go into the store to see like it was a club. You know, you wanted to go inside to see what was inside the to store. To like literally see what was yeah, in there. Yeah, just a fascinating yeah. marketing things that I didn't even know were happening at the time. Same. There are things that I do remember like the cringy, awful, there were racist slogans on their shirts that were definitely not okay. And they go into that. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't at the time know about there were a bunch of lawsuits, which they get into and allegations, right, I didn't allegations of sexual misconduct against, you know, the main photographer who photographs all these guys too. It's interesting. You you learn a lot, but it, I, it, it does not feel dull in any way. And especially if you grew up in this time, I do think this is going to be you should watch this documentary. It's going to be fascinating to because I I don't I think it's important that we don't look back on this fondly, if that makes sense. Yeah, we can look back on the 90s and early 2000s fondly, but we should not look back on this fondly, even though I remember people at the mall waiting behind a velvet rope to get in while two shirtless guys tossed a football around, even though they clearly had never thrown a football in their lives. I was like, you, you don't know. You don't know how to play football. But that just sounds so ridiculous when you when you play it back. I like what? I don't even oh gosh. I it's baffling. It, I yeah, but it I, is baffling. I do have to say, and I think I'm the only person on the planet who actually liked the smell of the store. <laughs> did you like the smell? I, 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 I think know, I'm the only one. I know it was Abercrombie a dis- Fierce. I think I did like it at the time because you associated it with cool. That's what they had told you, you know? And yeah. you know, for a very expensive amount of money for cologne, you too can smell like this shirtless guy who you will never look like. And I was like, all right, great. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. I'm great. sure I owned it. Yeah. I mean, I personally like the smell of it. But and but Abercrombie is making or has made, I guess, a comeback because they're, I mean, doing well now. And I know a lot of people say that they're, uh, well, women's jeans anyway, that their jeans are very like size um, inclusionary and all that, which is great. I mean, I'm happy to see a, a brand that I guess was at the top, then fell, and then kind of is climbing back up. So, well, they have I a new CEO. That... I know they have like 
pride yes. capsules that are geared towards, you know, uh, the LGBT community. I wish it to be better. I I hope it's on that way. I mean, clearly it's on its way, but I I until I give them applause, I'm you know would love to see a lot more uh, action. But it's fascinating, and I do think worth the watch. But what else? So you said you had another documentary. My, my other one is Formula One Drive to Survive, which is polar opposite of uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. Formula One <laughs> Drive to Survive. Rachel, yes. I have so many thoughts, but I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So it is, for anyone who doesn't know what Formula One is, it is racing at like the highest level. It's basically, the so the docuseries is about kind of just chronicling um, a season for these drivers and the team managers and everyone behind every everything, I guess. It's it's very fascinating. I I don't like racing and I, I don't like NASCAR, but I find myself every Sunday now sitting down to watch an F1 race. And it's just a sport that completely sucked me in. Like I don't even, and like I said, I do not like racing, but it's just so interesting. It's it's one of the only sports that I know of where the team members are pitted against each other, but they're also meant to work together, which I find very weird and interesting, I guess. It's just a very interesting sport. And it, there's so much money behind it too, which I mean, obviously anyone who's seen a race car or their suits, there's so many sponsors. But if they don't get sponsors, like that team is kind of done then, which I think is crazy because you kind of have to raise your own money, which in a lot of sports aren't really like that. You know, like the NFL, like people throw money at them, Super Bowl and all that kind of thing. But um, there's just a lot of drama too between all the racers. They all have really huge egos. And these cars are like computers. I mean, the steering wheel comes off and it's like a machine, obviously, but it's just, it's more than that. Like it's aerodynamic and physics and there's just so much data that goes behind it. Every little turn, it's just, it's fascinating, honestly. And fun fact, so one of the Red Bull team principal, which is like the owner, captain, not owner, uh, coach, I guess you want to say. His wife is Ginger Spice from the Spice Girls. Oh, interesting. Is she on the show? She is. And I'm like, if Formula One is good enough for Ginger Spice, it is good enough for me. Okay. so (laughs) Because I love her. I'm with you now. Okay. I'm on board. Yes. Uh, yes. I'll do anything for Ginger Spice. This show looks really intense. It's way more intense than it was. There's a lot of crashes. It's a very dangerous sport. It is. So I imagine, like, in addition to the reality show drama, there's also just the inherent danger of that. It's interesting. This interests me because car racing, I think, in America has a very specific connotation. And it. Mm -hmm. I think it's only enjoyed by, let's say, half the population. And it's generally, like, a southern population, a more conservative population. I think it's it's an interesting audience. So I think that this is an interesting series because it's bringing it to, on on a more mass scale – you know, and yeah. and I think Formula One is a little bit different than NASCAR, though I couldn't explain any of that to you. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, to to be honest, the fact that I got what NFL was should be a win. You know, I, not a not a sports <laughs> podcast over here, just for the record. I mean, I'm not either. I honestly, I get looped into these sports things because of my husband. He he was the one who had this on, and then when I saw Ginger Spice, I was like, wait a second, is that? I was like, is that Jerry from, from Spice Girls? All and right. he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. You know what? <laughs> Call me when she performs. Then I'm in. Okay. I know. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. So No, it's good. It is. It's good. It's good. That's a lot of recommendations, Rachel. I think a lot of things for people to watch this week. So everyone get yes. on it, please. What else did we learn? What we learned. 
I learned that I uh, know myself very well because I've been picking only shows that I like, and I'm going to take that as a win. Yeah. I learned that Betty Gilpin and Greta Lee are national treasures, and they should be in every show. <laughs> Agreed. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and I clearly have lots more TV viewing to do before next week. Happy streaming, everyone. Thanks, guys. That's it for Stream On. Follow us on Instagram at shows and at PureWow. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Stream On is a PureWow and Gallery Media Group production. <laughs>